we're in this lesson, um, Conversations in the Word, and today we want to talk, we're still talking about how to rise above life's toughest problems. And so far we've talked about, uh, the first lesson is why does God allow us to suffer? Remember that? Uh, to perfect us, to preserve us, to protect us, you know, to promote us. Uh, then I told you we talked about how to wipe how to wipe out worry, right? And I want to talk about today about guilt, uh, getting rid of guilt. Uh, today's lesson is is a real important lesson because oftentimes a lot of us we we may stumble in the journey. You know, you, you're still worrying. Um, you're still tripping. You know what I mean? You're still struggling with certain things, right? Or you may fall into sin. You know, we're not sinless, but one of the things as a believer that you have to learn to do is you have to learn how to overcome the guilt that you feel. Sometimes it's the guilt that's stopping you from going forward. Right? Sometimes it's the guilt that's stopping you from showing up to church. You know, I mean, listen, a lot of people uh, fall into sin and then they're like, you know what? I ain't going. I can't face the pastor. I can't face the people. You know what I mean? I've messed up so bad to the point where I can't come back. Amen? And so it says here, all of us have done things we regret. Am I right? Things we would, uh, things we would give anything to undo. No one is what? We make what? We all make mistakes. And dealing without guilt is one of the most difficult problems in life. Can I tell you something? The devil will use your guilt to stop you. Anybody ever felt that way? Amen. Listen, he'll use your guilt to paralyze you, to put you in a place, amen, where you're going to be like, man, I, I, you know what? I don't even think I can try again. I done messed up so bad, amen. And, and, and the thing about it is God knows and God allows us to feel that guilt so that we can get back on track. The guilt was never meant, amen, to stop you, all right? Read for me someone, the second paragraph right there. No one in the Bible. All right, so tonight we're going to look at David. Uh-huh. All right, so watch this. So as the higher you go, right, you have to be careful that success does not cause you to drop your guard. Okay. Because how many been there? You you were doing good. I've I've spoken to people. I, matter of fact, we were at the hospital today. I ministered to a young man. He was at the high. He had done everything, serving God, doing everything. But he has had a moral failure. Listen, it takes one day, one second, one hour, one night. Come on, somebody, and you can mess up so bad, or think you've messed up so bad that God will never accept you again. And so it's real important that you understand that it's not a, listen, being saved isn't a license to sin, but what it is, is the fact that, listen, that the enemy wants to use your guilt against you. 
Amen? Look what it says. It says, Denny decided to solve the problem by arranging to have her husband what? Uriah killed so that he can marry who? When David came to his senses, go there for me, Psalm 38. What does he do? He pens Psalm 38. And look what it says. I want you to read that for me, somebody. Psalm 38 and verse 1. Yes. So this is after he had come back to see. This is what, listen, can I tell you something? If you make it back from a disconnect, you, you, you better thank God. All right? If you, listen, you can't, listen, a lot of people, their guilt causes them to leave the little church to go to the big church. Come on, somebody. And they hide there so that way they won't be noticed among other believers. Because they, but they're still living with the guilt. So he, so he writes, he says, oh Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, chasten me not in your burning anger. He knows God is mad at him. He says, for your arrow has sunk deep into me and your hand has pressed. Listen, if you feel like this, you're not fighting with man, you're not fighting with people, you're fighting with God. And the one thing that we have to be careful of as believers is that we're not, we're not, we're not fighting with God. We're not going against God's will because some of us, we may feel the pressure of life. Come on, help me. And the pressure of life can somehow cause you to believe that, that thing, this is it for me. There's no more hope for me, but I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you, amen, that you press on, but you don't allow the guilt because here's the thing. It's not if you're going to mess up. It's when you mess up, all right? But you have, as a believer, you have all the necessary uh, arsenal with you, amen, the word of God. But see, here's the thing. When you mess up, sometimes, like David, you lose your mind, right? And you think that it's so bad that God will not accept you again. A to the man. Look what he says. He said, there's no soundness in my flesh because of my indignation, there's no health in my bones because of my, come on, for my iniquities are gone what? In other words, he said, listen, can I say this to you? Don't get to the point where you feel that you're so far gone. Guilt, man, let me tell you something about guilt. Guilt will cause you to feel like I can never go back. You know how people leave church for that reason? They feel like they can never come back to God, but that is a lie from the pits of hell because God is a loving God. He's a forgiving God, but here's the thing. You're not perfect, so stop trying to be perfect, amen, and start living a life, amen, and then when you hit the bumps in the road, you say, God, I ask for your forgiveness. Don't let Satan cause you to believe that you can stay there, amen, that you have to stay in the guilt. Look what he says. He says, my iniquities have gone over my head as a heavy burden, and they weigh too much for me. Amen. Look what it says here on your paper. It says, when we, when we are cut, we bleed. 
In the same way, when we do wrong, we feel guilty. That's the way God made us. Bleeding and guilt are both God-given warning signs that something has happened that needs our attention. See, God gave us the guilt so that we can, watch this, we can address the issues. You know when, you do, when you've done wrong. Come on, y'all. You know when you've done wrong. And what we have to learn to do is that we have to learn that when we do wrong, that we use the guilt. Okay, God, all right, I got it. I've, got, I've been there before where I felt the guilt. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't right. So, God, okay, I, I know what I need to do now. I need to turn my life back to you. I need to stop. You know, I haven't been praying as I should. I haven't been reading as I should. I haven't been living as I should. So, God, you know what? The guilt that I feel is not a bad thing, but you have to turn that thing around and use it as, watch this, as an indicator that something needs to be addressed in your life. Are you with me? See, God doesn't want guilt to rob us of happiness. That's why Psalm 32, go to Psalm 32 in verse 1. Look what he says. Huh? How what? How blessed. The word blessed means happy. And in this prayer of confession, Right In Psalm 51, which we'll get to in a minute, David here says, how blessed is the man whose transgression is what? And whose what? Sin is what? Covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute what? Iniquity and in whose spirit there's no what? Now watch verse 3. He says, when I kept silent... You know what? Sometimes we believe that we can handle what we're going through. And God says, no, you can't handle it. You need to come talk to somebody. But you can come to God with it, y'all. Stop allowing Satan to cause you to feel so guilty where you feel ashamed to even show up in his presence. See, the best thing to do when you feel guilt is to come to the altar. And say, Lord, I surrender. So there are six things that we must do to get rid of guilt. So I'm just going to go over them quickly and then we're going to talk about it. You know, you guys are going to talk about it, okay? We'll give you about 10, 15 minutes tonight to talk about it amongst yourself, all right? So number one is what? Go to Psalm 51. So Psalm 51 now is the psalm where David has been liberated, okay? And Psalm 51 is where he, now, now watch this now. Here's, here's, what, here's, what, here's why I believe these three psalms that I showed you tonight are so powerful. Because David is showing us the remedy. How to get rid of this guilt, right? But the fact that he wrote it down, and David was a very emotional guy, so he shared his emotions, right? And he showed us how to be set free. Read for him. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so watch this. Watch this. He says, be gracious to me, O God, according to your what? So the first thing we have to do if we're going to rid ourselves of guilt, the first thing is to accept God's love. See, sometimes we feel, you, you ever mess up? 
and you feel like the person that you hurt don't love you no more? Have you, all you married people, amen, <laughs> right? You feel like you've messed up so bad, and even the single people, I'm, but I'm saying that sometimes we can feel that God doesn't love us anymore. We feel rejected by him, right? Because of the chastening that we're going through. But the chastening is really self-infliction. Are you with me? David did some horrible things, including adultery, watch this, murder, and deception on a national scale. Yet, despite all his sin, David what? Knew, all right, all right. David knew what? God what? Yes. Yes. And that's one thing we have to do. Here's the truth. We should never forget our forgiveness is not based on how bad we have been, but on God's love. Are you with me? You with me? After we accept God's love, the next step is much easier. Number two, look what he says in, the, in, in verses two and three. He says, wash me what? Thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my what? For I what? For I what? So he's not avoiding responsibility. So the second thing is what? Assume responsibility. Okay, you know what? I messed up. Yes, I did mess up. And I messed up so bad, amen, that guess what? That I know now. Here's what I know. I know, God, that it was me. It wasn't Pookie. <laughs> it wasn't because this person did this to me or my daddy wasn't there or my mama wasn't there. No, I messed up. Amen. I did what I did because, watch this, because I knew exactly what I was doing. I probably was out of my mind, but assume responsibility. To get rid of guilt, David knows he must assume responsibility for his sin. He knows that he can't play the what game? Right. And oftentimes we want to blame everybody and every circumstance and where I grew up and come on and say amen. Amen. Number three. That's verse 4. Look what he says in verse 4. He says, verse 3 says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. One thing you got to understand is that if no one knows what you've done, you know. <laughs> we don't have to guess who did it or what we did, for we know who done it. Come on, say amen. Am I right about it? So look what he says in verse 4. He says, Against you. And you only have I what? Sin and done what? What is evil in your sight. Uh-huh. And what else? So that you're justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Are you with me? So number three, your next thing you must do is what? Admit our sin is against who? God. Listen, can I say this to you real quick? Every time we sin, we sin against God because we're going against his will. Are y'all with me? And so oftentimes, amen, we think that our sin is against a person or whatever the case may be. But our sin, and that's what makes asking for forgiveness, you know, a, a, a priority. But what Satan does is that he wants you to hold on to the guilt and he wants the guilt to keep eating away at you and think, it's, no, it's him. See, the, 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 when I understand that when I sin, 
I sin against God, it makes me more, uh, it's more of a priority for me to confess. Does that make sense? So that all sin is against God. That's what David, David didn't, David committed murder, he committed adultery, but he said against you, he's assuming responsibility, right? Look at verse 7. Uh, verse four, verse five says, "Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity in my in my mother's in, in, uh, sin, and in, in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me know wisdom." Verse seven, purify me with what? All right, and and I shall be what clean. Wash me, and I shall be what whiter than snow. So David felt that he needed to be cleansed. Listen, sin will make you feel dirty. Are you with me? Hyssop, it was a, um, it was like a, a, a formula that they would use to, to cleanse things. All right, and, and that's what David was trying to use here as a picture to say, okay, God, I need to be cleansed. Are you with me? Can I tell you something? When guilt sets in, you can tuck away some things in your life. You know, I, I believe a lot of us are living with guilt. Amen. And we have to learn, listen, uh, if you messed up as a parent, or maybe you had a baby, or maybe you had got divorced, or maybe you, you know what I mean, a list goes on, right? And, and you feel like, well, I didn't do the best. Listen, you got to get over that guilt. You, you have to release that guilt. And the reason you have to release that guilt, because here's the thing. You can't move forward with your life because you always have what's called a guilty conscience. And that guilt will hold you, but God can cleanse you. All right. So number four, ask God for what? Cleansing, one of the most amazing things about our loving God is he does more than just forgive our sins. What else does he promise in the last sentence of Jeremiah 31 and verse 4? Let's go there. Jeremiah 31 and verse 4. Let's look at it together. 31 and verse 34, it says, they will not teach again, each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all what? Know me. For the least of them, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. Watch this. And I will what? And their sin, I will what? I will remember no more. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Can I, can I tell you something? It's, 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 good, it's, it's a good feeling to be cleansed. It's a good feeling to be cleansed of your sins. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to what? Cleanse you of all unrighteousness. God is in the cleansing business. And whatever guilt that you're carrying around, it's time for you to release it. Because if you don't release the guilt of your past, come on somebody, God, amen. Watch this. He wants to do more for you, with you and more for you. But if you're holding on to the guilt, 
and you're holding on to the shame. Listen, listen, listen. Do you know how, how dangerous the enemy is? And how he, he, listen, you know one thing about Satan? He doesn't need permission, you know. Uh, you, you, what you, all you do is give him access. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You give him access to your mind. And once you give, and listen, and I'm talking about the access comes through the television, through the music, through what your thought pattern, all that kind of stuff. And if you're not careful, you can, and, and listen, and, and one thing about Satan, he'll always try to bring up your past. He'll always try to make you believe that you're not, you're not you, you listen, that you're, you, you, nothing has happened to you. You're not changed. You're not transformed. You're, you know what I mean? You're the same. But look here, verse number five. The next thing is appeal to God for what? Renewal. Appeal to God for renewal. Back to uh, Psalm 51. And this is how you know you've been cleansed from guilt. Because you start hearing joy again. Come on, somebody. You start having joy. You're glad again. Listen, stuff may be going wrong in your life, but there's something about the joy that you have now that the devil cannot take away from you. He says in his confession, David asked God to let him hear joy and gladness and let his broken bones rejoice. David is asking God to help him forgive somebody here tonight. Listen to me. You got to forgive yourself. He says, he says, God, help me to forgive myself, which is the hardest step of all. It is much easier for us to believe God can forgive us than it is for us to forgive ourselves. We, we can't change the past, but we can change the future. So we should only focus on the things that we can change. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? That is why we find the command in Isaiah, amen, go there, Isaiah 43, amen, Isaiah 43, and verse 18, he says, do not call to mind the what, or ponder, come on y'all, come on y'all, remember this too. If any man be in Christ, all things have passed away. Come on, somebody. Come on, help me today. All things are made new. All right? And so oftentimes, we appeal to God for renewal, but we are so, we're pondering in the past. It's time to press on, y'all. And number six, avoid future what? Sin. When you go back to Psalm 51, when you go back to Psalm 51, all right? Look what he says here in verse 12. He says, Restore to me the joy. Can I tell you something? This journey may not be easy, but it's full of joy. Not as the world gives, amen, but as God gives. Ask God, Lord, help me to avoid the future sins and help me to rid myself of this guilt.